Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. in the I Am series, and today we will speak on I Am the Bread of Life, and uh, how do we define reality and the reason we exist on the planet? The purpose of this series is, the I Am series, is that we would come into a greater reality. Jesus as I Am, please get this, takes us beyond existing. I don't want to exist. I want to live. I really want to live. And I believe that our reality should not be based or initiated by us, but by God. Are you with me? That God initiates that. And he does that through the I am statements of Jesus Christ. Now, this is what I want you to do. If you're watching online, I want you to chat these three words. And if you're taking notes here, you're a millionaire. Uh, I want you to write these three words uh, down right now. And I want you to write this day, feast. You could say it if you want. I heard a little chatter there. So you're going to write down or you could say however you learn best, day, feast and sign and I just want you to write that down now but way way before we end up getting to John chapter 6 I have to begin to set the stage for us because we are in an I am series the first place in the Bible where I am is mentioned you have Genesis Exodus the people of God have been in Egypt for over 400 years their cry has reached the ears and the heart of Almighty God let me just say Never think what's happening in this world goes beyond our God's attention, mind, and heart. God weeps over what's happening on planet Earth today, and he wants us, the church, to be a form of deliverance for all people. And so Moses is going up the mountain of God, the bush, the uh, uh, shrubs on fire, it's not consumed, and the angel of the Lord is in the bush, and Moses says, who are you? And who shall I say sent me? And he says these words. Now, in Hebrew, it's only four letters. He says, I am. And those four letters become the name of Almighty God, meaning I am who I am. Write that down. Or I will be who I will be. I like this third one. Really get this one. I will be whatever you need me to be. And, and so, I need some coffee. He'll be Jehovah Java. Come on. You say, well, I need some provision. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Well, I need a day. JehovahEHarmony.com. Are you with me? He's going to be and do whatever you need him to be and do. Now, usually when people say, who are you? I say Jude, but now my name has become Pastor Jude. Pastor is my first name. Jude's my last name. But very rarely do I, they say, who are you? I go, runner. Or do I uh, say, I'm eating? I mean, I don't describe myself with a verb, but with a noun, but not God. God says, because listen to this, I am is not only a noun, it is a verb. I'm going to do whatever you need me to do in your life that you can be whole and healed. Are you with me? Now, get this. You really need to get it. Remember when I said days, feasts, or day, feast, and signs? When Jesus begins to, in John chapter 6, which is one of the longest sermons in the entire Gospels, 
The longest sermon in all the Gospels is Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. This is one of the most complicated, unbelievable sermons that you will ever read. Now, you must get this. I want you to really, really get this. When, 2,000 years ago, when you went into a synagogue, they didn't just randomly preach anything. In fact, for most evangelical pastors, most uh, Protestant pastors, on Friday and Saturday, the number one thing they're trying to do is get a word from God. The Catholic Church is a little bit different. And I want you to think more in a Catholic way at this point. You see, the Catholic Church, they already know for the next five years, on a Sunday, what gospel reading will be read, which one of the Psalms, the prophets, the Old Testament, and a New Testament letter. They already know that. So you could go to any Catholic church, and those readings are going to be the same. Now, you've got to get this. They got that from the Jewish custom. Right before Jesus came, and really through Ezra in the captivity of God's people, they became, they got a system. You need to hear me. I think we're now living in a day that we cannot just randomly try to teach the people of God the word of God, but we have to have a biblical system that our people are taught of God, and great will be their peace. And so, for example, when that day, you have to know this because there's sign. When you read John, no one's like John. He was always my favorite, but I didn't know why he was my favorite. It's like having a food that you love. For me, it's gumbo. And when you come from South Louisiana, when people from California say, Pastor, I'll make you some gumbo. I go, do you know what roux is? They go, I've never heard of it. Say, so you ain't making me any gumbo. <laughs> You're going to fix me some Campbell's soup. <laughs> because you can't make gumbo from Louisiana without roux, R-O-U-X. And, and so I have a friend that makes roux, a business. They sent me some. So we had sausage and chicken gumbo. And y'all, it was good. And I didn't need to pray about it. Should I taste it? Should I not? Uh Uh-uh. I heard the voice of the Lord say, taste and see that the gumbo is good. Are you with me? So you got to understand something. You need to, I think, maybe in our nation, as Protestant believers, that we are only snacking on what feels good instead of that which feeds and heals and builds. And so I want you to get this. I want you to think of the day, the feast, and the sign. Why would John put this in the gospel? Now, in the seven I am's, Michael started off, I am the light of the world. That's creation. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. Uh, Steve preached, I am the way, the truth, and the light. That's the book of Exodus. Jewish people really believe that the Torah is the only truth. The Torah is the reality. The Torah is the way, and the Torah is the lifestyle of a Jewish person. Jesus, what does he do? He's going to get in their heads. Don't think that Jesus comes and only speaks what is culturally acceptable. No one ever made claims like Jesus Christ. There's no politician, educator, religious leader, spiritual guru, or anyone who's ever did a TED Talk. Jesus pushes the limits. For example, you're going to hear him say, I am. 
What was he doing? Saying, I am deity. The Buddha, Mohammed, you've got to get this. Aristotle, Socrates never ever said to their followers, and they have followers, I am the truth. I'm the teaching. In fact, Buddha would have never said, hey, as he was dying, hey, guys, it's about me. I am the teaching. He said the opposite. I'm not the teaching. Jesus, every time he opens his mouth, he says, I'm God. I am the great I am. In John chapter 5, what does he do? He says, actually, I'm greater than Moses. They got mad at him. In fact, they said, we're going to take you out. We're not only going to persecute you, we're going to prosecute you. And the prosecution is going to end up in death because you cannot be God. Then you'd have thought he'd just be quiet. Kind of like, say, be quiet. Don't tell him your opinion. Be quiet. We're at Thanksgiving. Can I tell you, not Jesus. When he's at Thanksgiving, he's going to open his mouth again. How many of you know one of those? Like, you're just hoping at Easter dinner, be quiet, be quiet, Jesus. I mean, don't you know Jesus' brother going, hey, bro, homeboy, bring it down. You're not God. And he kept saying, I'm God, I'm God. Chapter 8, he said this, before Abraham was, I is. They go, uh-uh, you're not even 40. How can you say you existed when Abraham existed? He said, no. He rejoiced to see my day. Can I say he offended them? Then we get not only John 8 and John 10. He's the great shepherd. But here we are, John chapter 6. And you need to get this. What is happening in John 6? But you're going to go to Psalm 78 before 6 because you got to get this. The day was Sabbath. And for a Jewish person then and now, Sabbath was everything. You didn't keep that day, then you were not, you were not following God truly. So what does Jesus do? Now, they didn't care if you healed on the Sabbath. But he not only healed on the Sabbath, he forgave on the Sabbath. And he told a man, pick up your mat and walk. You weren't supposed to walk and pick up your mat on the Sabbath. Then all of a sudden, what is Jesus? He's getting in their heads. And you know what he's saying? I'm greater than the day. You see, a lot of people get this. This is what they try to do with some of these Old Testament things that happen. Everyone say day, day. Feast, feast, sign. They say everything. Watch me. Watch me. I'm not going to whip and nay nay. I'm going to show you something. This is the Old Testament. And they try to bring everything in the Old Testament through the cross. And if it doesn't make it through the cross, then it doesn't get in the New Testament. For example... Animal sacrifices are things of the Old Testament. No longer is it a part of the New Testament. Why? Because Jesus became the ultimate and final sacrifice. Personally, I think we should bring back animal sacrifice once a year so I could sacrifice my neighbor's cat. <laughs> Meow. Come on. Now, get this. A lot of people today... I hear Christian believers saying this all the time. I'm a multitasker. I'm just keeping busy for Jesus. Can I tell you, I know believers and pastors as well that work seven days a week, even on the Lord's Day or whatever, their Sabbath. Can I say God worked six, he rested one, and he wasn't tired. Our world has become tired and fatigued. And you know what a great Hebrew theologian said? God put Sabbath in creation and when we as believers do not Sabbath, we go against creation and we get splinters in the soul. 
I don't know about you. I want to get some splinters out of my soul. Sabbath is one of the commands. Sabbath is in Deuteronomy. Can I say Jesus told him when he healed on the Sabbath, you got to get this because that's the day. We're going to John 6, not until John, uh, Psalm 78. Jesus said, I created Sabbath for people, not people for Sabbath. Come on, God has given us a sign, a feast in a day that will heal us, restore us, and make us better than when we were first born. Can you say amen. amen now okay get this when we we have a series so i preached a few michael steve and we have a communication team now what the catholic church does now and jewish people did then they had two scripture readings for that that synagogue day which was probably on a saturday they knew what they were going to read you'll never guess what they'd read. They'd read Exodus 14 through 16 because that was the great exodus of God. That's when they passed through. It was called Passover. Even as believers, come on, what is our high holy days? Well, next week is the highest one. It's called Easter. And, and that's when we celebrate Jesus Christ is the resurrection and he is the life. Then we also celebrate Christmas, the birth of Christ. Well, get this. Back then, 2,200 years ago, they picked a scripture so it was exodus saying hey god took his people out i want to say something it was 400 years they began to think god was on a vacation he was having surgery he literally took a long nap and someone else was using vacation by owner and he's not answering prayer then all of a sudden god answers prayer and that is a scripture that they are reading in john 6 that would be the reading and I just want you to know, I don't care what we're going through as a world and a nation, if God can deliver them, he could deliver us, and God will deliver us. Now, we, I want you to really get this, get this, really important. You see, God never just wants to take us out of the world. Egypt is a type of the world. And a lot of times in church, we, we think that's the whole goal of coming to church. Oh, you just need to get out of that big, bad world. What are we going to do? All move to Boise? <laughs> Not. I'm living in California where Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the weather is a lot more holy. <laughs> Come on. You know, ain't God when it's snowing like that, raining like that? No way. Can someone give the Lord a shout and a praise clap for the weather? God. Now, get this, get this. You need to get this, get this. Also, Psalm 78, that's where we're going to read first, was reading. Now, this is how this would go down. That you had no choice on the verse. You just had to give a commentary on what was just read. So Jesus begins to give a commentary on Passover, on Sabbath, on the Lord's table, on bread, on feeding of the multitudes. That's what happened. He fed 5,000 men. So here we go. Are you in Psalms 78? I am the bread of life. Here we go. Look at verse 20. And we're going to look at 25. It says here, Behold, he struck the rock. So the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Come on. Can God give you something so satisfying, nothing else will ever compare? So we're talking about bread today, and what does that mean? Can he give bread also? And the answer is yeah. 
He rained down bread for 40 years. Can he provide meat for his people? Read that out loud with me. Can he provide carne para el gente? Si. Did you get that? Notice what it didn't say. Can he provide tofu for his people? Because the people of God ain't be eating that. No way. Come on. For those of you who say, well, I'm not eating meat. You will not like heaven because we're going to eat meat in heaven. I'm trying to acclimate you people. Go to Wood Ranch. Get some tri-tip. My gosh. No, don't say, I'm going to have a veggie tofu burger. Oh, no, get away. No. Look at, look at 25. 25. Men and women, men ate angels' food. He sent them food to the full. Underline that. That means they're satisfied. They're satisfied. Everyone say faith in eating. Say it again. I am a foodie. Say, I am what I eat. Say, faith in eating. Okay, go to John chapter 6. We're going to start with verse 26. The chapter begins, he fed the multitude. They have 5,000 men. And they did not count women and children. He made them sit on the ground. Philip, one of the disciples, he asked, Philip, go get some food. He said, Lord, we don't have enough money to pay for all this food. There's 5,000 men. He knew what he was going to do. John writes, he was just testing him. Jesus said, make them sit. And he took two loaves and some fish, and he broke them, and he distributed them. He gave thanks for it, and they began to eat. Twelve baskets were picked up. They ate till they were full. And then Jesus begins to give a commentary on who he is. And we're going to pick up right here in verse 26. So it's, it's a lot of reading. I need to warn you. Fasten your eardrums. This is not your garden variety. Two verses. Then it's over. Then it's Taco Bell. Let's read. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me. Not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. By the way, no, I'm going to read it, and then I'll tell you by the way. It goes on, it says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Verse 28, Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe him who sent me. You should write that in the front of your Bible. The work of God is to believe. The work, you go, no, my work is a principal. My work is an usher. My work is a No, 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 no. Because whatever is not of faith is sin, so your first work is to believe. Okay, and it says, therefore they said, what sign will you perform that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? He just fed 5,000 people. That was a sign. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses didn't give you, did not give you bread from heaven. Uh, he said, did not give bread from heaven. <clears throat> Whoever's doing the screen just went really 
three things back, so I need to find this verse. Sorry, sorry, here we go. Then Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34, let's read on. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread also. And Jesus said to them, come on, read it out loud, strong, loud. We're in charge. I am the bread of life. He says, he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have to come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Are you with me on that? Let's go to the next one, 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me. What is it? That... Of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day, and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees his son and believes in him may have, come on, everlasting life, and I will raise him up on or at the last day. 41, the Jews complain, say complain, 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 say it again. The Jews complained about him because he said, I am the bread which comes down from heaven. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then, he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur, do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him powerful, know this verse, and I will raise him up on the last day. Almost done. Hold on. Give me one more, 45. It is written in the prophets, and they say, all will be taught of God. Say that with me. Now, that is power. I want everyone in our church to be taught of God. Did you get that? All will be taught of God. And so I now need to find that verse because they cut it off. Okay, dear God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not anyone who has seen the Father except he who is from God. He who has seen the Father, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. 48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. Did you get that? They ate angel food but still died. You could receive a miracle and still not believe in Jesus. You could receive something supernatural and still not believe and still have hell's power in your life. But Jesus is saying believing is going to be a lot like eating in that you will become what you eat. And can I say right now, Satan is coming to tempt the church like he did Jesus in the wilderness, commanding us to turn stone into bread. And he quotes, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God. Can you say amen? He goes on, he says, 49, your fathers ate man in the wilderness, and they are dead. This bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread. Say that with me. I am the 
which came down from heaven. If anyone eats his bread, he'll never, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Please get that. He's now saying his bread is his body, and he's given his body for the world. And it goes, verse uh, 52, the Jews therefore quarreled amongst themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? I'm telling you, Jesus is pushing the limit. And he goes on, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. 57, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me, come on, will live because of me. Almost over, I promise you. Let's go a few more. Can you do one more? Let's go. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your father ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. Can you shout amen on that? Everyone say, what I need, when I need it. Say, when I need and what I need. Now, I, I want to do this. I want to show you two pictures that Jesus is bringing into five to six times. He says, I am the true bread. I am the living bread. I am the bread that comes from heaven. I want you to think of two scenarios with me. Number one, the feeding of the multitude. And number two, the Passover in the wilderness. Are you with me? The feeding of the multitude and the Passover in the wilderness. So I want you to just write down on this when we need it. Just write Write that down when we need it. Just write that down when we need it. Now, I want to begin to talk to you about the feeding of the multitude. Years ago, one of my favorite popes, modern popes, is Pope uh, John Paul II. I'm really hoping he's going to be in my cul-de-sac on the new earth. I think he will, and he's really going to like me, and we're going to have so many conversations I'll tell you what really, one of the things, many things moved me about this man. One of the things, because I was a youth pastor, he had a heart for the youth of the world. In fact, one person asked Pope, they were doing an interview with him, they said, Papa, aren't you intimidated? You're older to go and preach. He would have one million young people show up. More than any modern concert today, more than any political uh, rally or event, to think one million people would show up or more. And, and so they say, Papa, aren't you nervous to speak to so many young people? This was his answer. He says, well, number one, he said, before I'm an entertainer, because I'm not, I'm a shepherd. And he says, every Friday, I pray for the youth of the world. And there are times that God will not let me leave the place of prayer as I pray for the youth of the world. I'll pray eight hours. And he says, there I met the youth of the world. And why would I be afraid of those who I've already met in the place of prayer? And they go, well, Papa, there's a million. Do you feel like a rock? They say you're a rock star. You're a celebrity. He said, if they are a crowd, please get this. Please get this. If they are a crowd then I would have to entertain them. But because they're the multitude, I have to feed them. 
And what the world's youth need today is not more entertainment, but they need someone to come and feed them because people do not live on entertainment alone, but by every morsel that comes out of the mouth of God. And can I say, please get this, why? Why would God even say it? There's no other faith that believes this type of thing. That Jesus comes and says, no, actually, I'm the door and you're going to be a door. I'm the light and you're going to be light. I am the way and you're going to be the way. I'm a good shepherd, you're going to be an under-shepherd. Now he comes and he says, I am true bread. And what what is the false bread? False bread is bread that was made with yeast. And remember when they were going out of Egypt, they had to make bread without yeast. What is yeast? Yeast is flavorless. It just takes a little bit. Watch my finger. Watch my finger. Just a little bit of yeast in that dough. Work inside affects the whole batch of dough. And what he was saying, we do not need, I want to say it again. I'm going to say it powerfully. We do not need. (laughs) Did you think I was going to shout? (laughs) We do not need, come on, any more entertainment. I think we need to be taught of God. And Jesus said, all who the Father draws to me, I in no way will cast out. And how is God going to draw us? He is going to teach us. But guess what? I want you to know right now, God is not just a TED Talk talker. God's not just going to motivate us with a really talking. You're going to get his book and Jesus is going to sign it. He's actually going to demonstrate the sermon. And and so what does he do? He tells him, this is a demonstration. This is the greatest celebration, feast, event of the Jewish people, even today, Passover. And so what would they do? Even today, they get bread without yeast. And it was a sign that they would be delivered in a haste. But it's also a sign that the bread that will satisfy them will not have that eternal quality of culture and hell and death and doubt and unbelief that we will not need to be raised by culture. We will be elevated by the resurrection of the life of Jesus Christ. And so they, they put blood on the doorposts, but they ate. You had to eat the lamb. You had to have some meat, and you had to have some wine, and they had this unleavened bread. And so Jesus is now coming and saying, hey, wait a minute. And why? Why would he have to go to the mountain after he fed 5,000? Number one, 5,000 is the number of a Roman legion. Remember Jesus said, don't you know I could call for 12 legions? So they were thinking that Jesus, because he multiplied that food, hey, you're going to come and you're going to take over Rome. And he said, no, he was telling them a different story. I am the true bread versus the false bread. I came from heaven. They go, no, you, you multiply bread from the earth. Moses gave real bread. Oh, he starts really giving it. No, Moses couldn't do anything. Moses didn't have power to bring red bread out of the heavens. Now, get this. Bread, when they saw it in Hebrew, is mana. Or they said this way. I want to sound Hebrew so bad. Manu. Kind of. I don't know. That didn't sound Hebrew at all, did it, Becky? <laughs> Sounded a little bit Hispanic, you know. You know, yeah, whatever. And this is what Manu means. What is it? 
Now, I kid you not, if you read in the Old Testament, it says they woke up in the morning and they had frosted flakes. Only breakfast cereal mentioned in Scripture. And they're great. Frosted flakes are on the ground, and what did they say? What is it? And Jesus is saying, you thought that was supernatural, and it was. But your fathers and your people ate it, and they died. I am going to give you genuine bread that's come down from heaven, because no one has come down from heaven but the Son of Man who was in heaven. Are you with me on that? And he began to feed them. Now, I want you to get this. Everyone say, he is what I need, when I need it. Now, I want you to do this. Bread in the Bible, I want you to write these three things down. What does bread do? Number one, it sustains you. It sustains you. Oh, I hate eating. People, someone asked me after the first service, how do you stay in shape? And I thought, I have to eat a lot less. (laughs) Becky's dream for her and I in a perfect date, and I've been doing it. I cannot believe I have never done it in 35 years, but I've done it in the last two weeks. I want to go out, and I want us to share one meal. That's the devil. That goes against what I just read. It says they ate until they were full. Sweetheart, do you want me to violate the scriptures? Do you want me to go to bed hungry and sin against our God? Okay. So I shared the plate, and I'm telling you, it's like, by 9 o'clock, not even, I go, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And I'm Satan, you liar, you know. So I said, Becky, can you fix me a sandwich, please, on white ghetto bread, because it's more fulfilling. Come on. <laughs> Are you with me? Come on. I want to be satisfied. Think of what, how many people are not satisfied in our world. If I had all the money, I'd be satisfied. If I had this person, I'd be satisfied. If I didn't have that person, I'd be really satisfied. Nope, 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 nope. There's only one bread that satisfies, and his name is Jesus Christ. Come on. Now, let's just watch this. Everyone say faith and food. I am a foodie. I do not eat to live, I live to eat. If you're from Louisiana, like my favorite thing is to eat gumbo. And in California, people know it's a pastor, my wife makes the best gumbo. I said, does she use roux? And they go, huh? I go, she doesn't know how to make gumbo. She makes Campbell's soup. I ain't eating your wife's gumbo. Can I tell you, we have a friend in Louisiana, went to high school with, started a company, and it's, it's Rue. They shipped us homemade Rue, R-O-U-X, from Louisiana. And last week, my Becky made me chicken and sausage gumbo. And I am telling you right now, if Jesus was multiplying anything, it would not be pita bread and hummus. It would be chicken and sausage gumbo. Totally kosher in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Now watch this. Watch this. Say faith Faith. and food. Say it again. Now I want to show you something. 
We're going all the way back to the beginning. I'll touch on the Passover, and we're going to go to the Lord's table. God is an amazing God. God doesn't just want to be... You don't think God can talk better than any talker on the planet? Yes, he can. Can he not sing better than any performer? You better believe it. What did God want to do? He wanted you and I to digest him and be interactive with him. God had no plans to just get up on a platform and preach to you and I. He actually wanted to come and live and move and have his being amongst us. And so he created this beautiful creation. He said, all this is for you. I don't need anything. I'm God. I'm God all by myself. I, I, I'm just, I'm a good time waiting to happen. But I have created this for you. And you could have anything you want. Please hear this. You could eat of any, get, get, get. He's talking about eating. You could eat of any tree in this garden except for one. You shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in it, listen to the instruction, totally opposite of what Jesus said, recorded in John 6. In the day you eat of that, you will surely die. So then in chapter 3, they ate of it. And what does God do? Never think God is trying to punish you, come after you, destroy you, inhibit you because you sin. He already knows you have sinned. Becky amazes me when she gets up and she speaks as she did today. She got up and flawlessly spoke. You may not know this. My wife used to be a severe stutterer. Not mild, not moderate, severe, 87% of the time. She was sovereignly, supernaturally healed in a meeting that was less spectacular than the ones that we get to experience here at City Church, California. But before she was healed... I would say, Becky, and I would talk for her because that's what I do. They go, what's your name? Jude. Before they even ask her, Becky, respiratory therapist, four years younger than me. I mean, I didn't even, have, come on, four and a half, sorry. Because I didn't want it to feel bad. And so one day I said, you know, Becky, when we're going shopping, I said, just tell people you stammer. And just say, hey, I have a struggle with disfluency. Be patient with me. And she started crying. She goes, no. I go, why not? She goes, I don't want anyone to know I stutter. I go, everyone knows. <laughs> everyone knows you stutter. It's like a Christian. I just don't want anyone to know I still sin. You do. But there is a way that you could get God, if there's a way, for you to get God so big on the inside of you that the God on the inside of you will be bigger, stronger, better, more satisfying than the sin that's in your flesh. I always tell the Lord, you knew what you got when you got me. I wasn't a fixer. I mean, I wasn't a fixer-upper. I wasn't a street of dreams. I was broken. And you are a better savior than I am a sinner. Get to work. Now, how is he going to do that? By just preaching a sermon? Listen, they took the first sin of the Bible where they declared their independence, freedom from God, whoops, 
Freedom from God is they took something outside their body, put it inside their body, and it gave them some type of euphoric experience. Because listen to what the devil said. He said, did God say that you, no, the devil is a liar. Did God, didn't God say you can't eat of anything? Then the woman agreed with the devil. Yeah, we can't eat of anything. And you know what the Bible says, where two or three agree on anything, it's going to be done. Stop agreeing with Satan. Start agreeing with your Bible. Come on. I'll always be this way. They'll always not like me. Well, I guess you hadn't read about the blood of Jesus. Come on. Now, so get this, get this. So they ate it, and their lives were changed, and they were cast out. But guess what God does? The Father goes after them, because whoever the Father draws will come. And he said, Adam, where are you? We're hiding. Why are you hiding? Because when you eat the wrong stuff, it brings shame and you hide and isolate. And our world has been in too much isolation in the last two and a half years. As if we needed a global pandemic to be separated from one another. Separated from the truth. Separated from what God has done for us. And if you think about it, God gave us a day and it's called Sabbath. And maybe you don't work on Sunday. Maybe you do. But can I tell you one thing that has changed in my life since COVID? I have made a decision not only will I tithe, not only will I worship, not only will I give, but I am going to practice a Sabbath because I am not going out or living tired, fatigued, but I am going to have an energy that comes from God alone in heaven alone and not of earth. And what is it? It's called the Passover. And if God could get them out, you need to really get this with me. God did not save me. Why did I just do this? I don't know. God didn't save us just to bring us into heaven. That's what people say. Oh, accept this Jesus so you won't go to hell. No, he didn't come there so we wouldn't go to hell. His name is Jesus, and he's going to save you from you. And the way he's going to save you and me from you and me isn't just believing on some cute little talk. You're actually going to have to digest something. And so get this, they ate. It says, Satan said, he knows you'll become like God. They were already like God. Why didn't they talk back to the devil? I'm already like God. In fact, you're underneath my feet. In fact, when I eat of this other tree called the tree of life, I'll have all authority over you. Can I tell you right now, God would have let them eat of the tree of life. And when they ate of the tree of life, they'd have had uncreated life, fruit that came from heaven, bread that came from above, that had power to change them forever. Okay. Well, I think we're going to have to end. Band, come up. All right. Can I tell you this? Get this. Get this. Kid you not, Jesus says this. I am the true bread that comes from the, uh, heaven, from the Father, and whoever comes to me, get this, I will in no way cast out. Now, I want to talk to you. God didn't come just to take them out of Egypt. Remember this? He took them out of Egypt, watch me, on this earth, to go into the promised land. The promised land is not heaven. 
Some people say, bring me in the Beulah land, promised land. I ain't going to Beulah land. The promised land had enemies in it. Heaven will not have one enemy in it. Can I tell you right now, he took us out to take us in. Between being called out of the world, darkness, confusion, brokenness, into our destiny and promised land, watch me, is an in-between space called the wilderness. And in the wilderness, where you're not where you used to be, but get this, you're not where you want to be, he does something very, very tangible. Now, remember day. What was the day of John 5 and John 6, Sabbath? I would tell you with everything that's within me, practice Sabbath. You say, I work two jobs. I have three kids. My Jake, they just had their third boy cat. They came over. Go, Jaker, what's wrong? Did someone hurt you? Did someone curse you? I'll fight him for you. He said this, cat, he goes, I'm going to start crying. He goes, Dad, no. He goes, he goes, I'm exhausted. We have three boys, three, two, and an infant. I go, welcome to my world. <laughs> and now when you turn into Satan, you will know exactly why. No. <laughs> I'm going to practice Sabbath. What was the feast? It's the one we celebrate next week. It's called Easter. And if there was ever a time to invite anyone you know to come to church, it's I am the resurrection and the life. But more than that, I like that he's talking about bread. Bread in the Bible and in life and culture represents sustenance. That means it sustains you. That's where you would get that word. It's nothing in life can sustain you. Get the championship, it's not going to last to sustain you for the rest of your life. Get the date, it's not going to last. It better be a good one. You know, uh, I'm just saying it sustains. The next one, it speaks of covenant. Write that down. When you take, remember what he said at the Last Supper on the night that he was betrayed. He took bread and he broke it. And he gave thanks. And he said, this bread represents my body and often as you eat this bread you do it in remembrance of me and you remember my death that his body was broken then he went and he took the cup the night that he was betrayed he took the cup which represents the blood of the new covenant they ate the food of angels Moses didn't give it the father gave it the reason in John 6 they represented Jesus' multiplication, they knew the food came from a boy. They said, this can't be supernatural. But yet, it fed over 5,000 men alone. And he began to say, no, bread, please get this, isn't just bread, it's actually me. And from the very beginning, God wanted Adam and Eve to eat of a tree that would have given them uncreated life. Adam and Eve had bios life. They had mental, suke, emotional life, intelligent life. They needed, they, they had a spirit, but they didn't have the uncreated life and spirit of God within them. And there was only one way to get that. They would have to digest it. They would have to have it within 
from the tree of life. Now, I really, this is what I believe is that God would have allowed them to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil if they would have eaten of the tree of life first. Because remember what Satan said to that first couple. Didn't God say, liar? When I see Satan, I'm going to slap him. He said, you get back right where you belong. And he's not all that you think he is either. Because Isaiah says, we'll look on the one who ruined the nations and say, are you the one? You little imp. You're the one who scared us, destroyed us, drove us from our rightful state. Now listen to this. He said that God knows in the day that you eat of it, you will become like him. If they would have taken the tree of life and digested it, the eternal, holy, righteous life of God would have come into their being and they would have known, then they could have handled the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They would have known the difference between good and evil and they'd have the God quality to only choose good. But when they chose that day to eat a substance of the world and not have the God substance, they would not be able to reject the evil. Thus, evil would rule mankind. And 6,700 years later, evil still ruling the world. Turn on your television. Look at what's happening in Ukraine, in the world. What? People want money. They want power. They want things that they believe will satisfy them. But yet there's only one thing that's satisfied. And think about the first temptation. The first temptation was around food. The second temptation is around food. If you are the Son of God, command stones to be bread. Then he quotes, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Can I say right now, Catholics, when the priest, he'll hold up the bread and he breaks it. And in this part of the Catholic mass, they call it transubstantiation. Trans, it transforms from bread to the actual body of Christ. Then, when they hold up the cup, the chalice, they say the wine or the juice becomes the actual blood. Now, please get this, Martin Luther, the Protestant, he uses a different word, very important. He uses the word consubstantiation. Now, if you're Spanish or you speak a little Spanish, you know con is with. That when a believer, get this watch, takes the bread, and digests it within themselves by faith. You could do it without faith, and that's why some Catholics on Sunday or Saturday will take the Lord's table, communion, and never have a supernatural experience because they didn't believe. You have to believe that somehow, and why? No one. Buddha didn't say, hey, eat this egg roll and you'll become like me. Mohammed didn't say, hey, eat the hummus and the pita bread and you're going to be a great Muslim. Only Jesus says, and he goes further. He's not just saying, hey, have a potluck after church. He's saying, this is actually going to become my body. And where you are broken because my body was broken, now you will not be broken. You will be whole. 
And I don't know about you, why do people do drugs, alcohol, substance? Because they can't face the pressures of life. And they're needing something on the inside to make them feel invincible. But yet, we have the sign of all signs. It is the Lord's table that if we participate in this, can it heal our body? Can it touch our mind? Can it help us overcome an addiction, abuse, darkness, evil, pain, suffering? Yes, yes, yes. Come on. Stand up. What we're going to do, I want you to just hold the bread. Let's do the bread first. Paul says this in the night that he was betrayed, he received it by revelation, 1 Corinthians 11. The night that he was betrayed, he took bread, get it, he broke it, and he gave thanks. And he said, this is my body. I didn't say those words, Jesus did. Eat the bread, you eat my body. Ramifications of all that, I know it's overwhelming. I'm not exactly sure all that means, to be honest with you, but this is more than a memory. This is more power than a Hallmark card on your birthday. This has power to heal us in such a way that we have a God experience and we have God uncreated life coming the bread of Zoe uncreated life now let's take this bread and I'm gonna pray over us here and online just as we're digesting participating you may be saying, I'm not right. I have so much wrong and brokenness. Let's just use the word. I have, I still sin. Becky and I got in an argument on Friday. Good news is we made up and walked all the way to the cross and back to our house. I mean, but I need Jesus. I want Jesus. And where I'm broken, I'm believing right now I'm being healed. Now I pronounce that over your life right now. Healed in mind healed in body, healed in personality. I'm coming now and I'm asking that things where your mind sees the past in a scenario, it's really a delusion. It, it, it's not a total reality. And I think we all kind of move in and out of what I would call a reality, an unreality, a reality, an unreality. Jesus is not an unreality. And there's such severe pain, trauma of past. It, it's challenging for you to go in and out and stay in a reality. And so right now, I am praying, I am declaring, you're going into a reality. And the reality is Jesus Christ. And no longer will we listen to the lies of the devil that God is absent, God is not good, God is mean, God is, I know he's not. God is good, God is good, God is good, and he's always good, and he heals, and he's kind, and just receive that. Now the next one. For me, I love this. I am forgiven. I have never stood and tried to paint myself as a perfect person. I believe that would be the greatest hell for any believer. Can you imagine you're a pastor and you have to, pastors aren't perfect. 
And someone said, my pastor just did wrong. I said, well, why are you so shocked about that? There's only one savior. The other day, a flight attendant aggravated me. And I thought to myself, well, there's only one Jesus. I'm Jew today. I don't feel like Jesus. However, how many of you glad for the blood of Jesus Christ that forgives? But wait, something else is going to happen today. Shame is going to leave you. Did you hear what I just said? Some of us have been forgiven for five years, but we still carry the shame of five years ago. And I come and I break that shame in Jesus' name. If I'm for, uh, forgiven, then I'm shame-free in Jesus' name. Are you with me? I'm shame-free. Shame is like that little lint that comes on a shirt or a dress, and you need to get that roller to get all those fuzz balls off your soul. Right now, some of you are forgiven, but you have more shame lint balls on your brain right now. I remove it through the blood of, come on, I remove it. I, it. They have no power over you. They have no power over you. I break its power. I break their power. They have no power over you. The blood of Jesus Christ makes us free and we are free indeed. I break that bondage. I break that shame. I break that compelling spell over. I come now that wicked thing and I say no in Jesus name come on how many of you had a weapon from hell trying to take you out how many of you had something trying to destroy your thinking I come now and I deliver you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ let's drink to the God now this is where we end today in John 21 which is the epilogue of the gospel that's the story after the story. The disciples go back fishing as a career, not a hobby. One of them says to Peter, it's the Lord. They get out, they come, Jesus is cooking fish, some type of bread, honeycomb. So don't say there's not going to be eating in heaven. So get this, Peter comes out, hear me. It so set me free on Reddit this week, teaching John to college students. Peter, he could have said to you, do you love me? Boy, you know. The word love there is agape, meaning the God type of love. It means unconditional love, which means Peter could have never loved God that way. He was a sinner. So he said, Peter, do you agape me? It's impossible. Peter goes, Lord, you know, feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Agape, unconditional, the God type of love. I'm a sinner. Lord, you know, shepherd my sheep. Third time. And this is what this means to me. Peter, do you love me? Last time, it's not agape. Know what it is, Debbie? Phileo. Peter, do you want friendship, love with me? And you go after my people. And can I say, when I take the Lord's table, because of God's agape, unconditional love for me, that he would become bread, sacrifice, meat, door, light. He calls me friend. So I have thought of the end. And for me, my end will say this. 
he is a friend of God. How could that be? How could an enemy become a friend? The Lord's table. I digest it, I've tasted, and I have seen. He is good, and I am now a new person in Christ. I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. And only this can do that for us. Are you with me? I'm a friend of God. I can't believe it. I often think I must be like an ant trying to relate to Albert Einstein. How can he even want to be my friend? He chose me. He chose me. And so right now, hand on heart, if you want to come into a relationship with God, you've been trying and trying and have not succeeded. Jesus comes now and says, will you partake of me? Where is it where you're broke? Where is it you need a miracle? The same hands that healed the leper will come and heal you. The same hands that healed the blind will come and touch you. Come on. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you would say today, I want to enter into not just knowing of God, not just God facts, but I, I, I need to digest God. I need to enter into a real relationship where it's no longer me striving, trying, but I am a friend of God. I'm in a covenant with God. I'm sustained by God. I'm in friendship with God. And if that's you on three, you're going to raise your hand and say, I'm committing it all to God. I, am gonna, I don't understand it. I don't like it. I'm screaming in pain, but I am giving everything to God. On three, you're going to raise your hand. One. Again, you're, you're digesting God. You can look at a plate of food all day and never receive the benefits of it. On three, you'll lift your hand and say, God, all you are, I want. Two, now three, raise your hand. I'm giving it all to God. One, two, thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? Three, over here, clap, stomp, thank you, over there. In Jesus' name, let's do this. Everybody, let's pray, say, Jesus, forgive me coming to my heart, coming to my life. I want to receive you. You are the bread of life. You are the Lord of the universe. And I thank you. I am sustained and I will never die. I will have life eternal. And even when I pass away, I still live because you live within me. In Jesus name. Amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.